Welcome to the Old Dogs REI Network, where cash flow is king. Real estate investing, the means, so you can enjoy your retirement dreams. This is the show where we cut right to the chase. No sales pitch, no long monologues, just simple how-to real estate investing advice, so you can earn the passive income you need to enjoy your retirement today. And now, your host and chief old dog, Bill Manasero. Old dogs, and welcome to Fun Facts Friday. This is our once a week, only on Friday show, where we have special episodes not featuring guests, where I will share tricks, tips, terminology, and techniques that will help skyrocket you to real estate investing success. Today's topic is farmland as a hedge against inflation. But before we get started, just uh, touching base with you guys and making sure everyone out there is doing all right. Um, man, a lot of things going on in this world. And uh, I'll tell you, it's, uh, uh, it's smart to think ahead and uh, be very deliberate with your investing. I still believe real estate is one of the best places, if not the best place, uh, to invest your money. Um, I think there's some places I would just avoid at all costs right now because of the volatility, for example, of the market. Definitely have uh, some things we're going to discuss today to go into that, but I hope uh, you guys are doing good. Uh, Great time to sell properties if you're looking to do that. I think I'd shared with you already that that's part of my strategy is to liquidate all of my um, personal holdings and uh, focus on uh, diversifying out into areas that are hopefully in inflation-proof investments or at least uh, uh, investments that are smarter to invest in during inflationary times. So also a move we're making to just to move into a much more passive role here in our retirement years. Uh, I've been cranking for the last uh, six, seven years here on real estate. I have loved it. Uh, It's just been a blast, but uh, I'm ready to enjoy a little bit of the fruit of the labor here and uh, spend some time with the the family and uh, my wife and to be able to yeah, to go out and uh, enjoy a little bit of this uh, retirement years while I still have the health to do that. So anyway, let's get into our topic, uh, farmland as a hedge against inflation. Now, one year ago, the average price of gasoline in the United States was around $2.11, not here in California, but on an average. Now, it's more than $4, uh, again, on a nationwide basis. Bacon prices are up 20% from the last year. Used car prices are up about 25%. It's fairly easy to notice the impact of inflation when buying groceries or making major purchases. You add to that the you know the the distribution issues that uh, we're having right now, and um, the fact that there are just empty shelves, uh, and a lot of things that you want to buy aren't even available to buy. Um, put all that together, and it can be a little bit uh, a little bit disheartening. Uh, inflation can have an equally impact on your portfolio as well, and so that's where we're going to kind of direct our our thoughts here today. We had uh, MC Lobster uh, on a couple episodes back great guy but the focus in, in of uh, his presentation he talked about you know just investing in today's 
time in today's economy, which uh, is a little challenging. And I'm going to talk more about uh, this uh, big surge of foreclosures coming into the market, other things in, in future issues. Uh, I am going to try to provide you with tools that will be helpful for you as you seek to invest your retirement dollars as wisely as possible, keeping in mind what is going on in the economy. So, uh, but he talked about uh, in this presentation about you know the, these four main areas that you have to take a look at, and uh, uh, one is cash. That it is wise to have ample cash available that you're going to use. Now, granted, there may be a point where cash may not even be worth anything, but I mean it's going to have to get really bad. But the idea is having, I mean, literally cash on hand and not in the banks because uh, the banks are not the most solid place. When you put your money in a bank, you sign an agreement that basically says that they don't have to return that money to you. You need to be aware of that. Yeah, it talks about FDIC and FSLIC and all these insurance that you have for your money in there, but uh, that's only as good as the economy. And so he just had very good wise instructions there is to put ample cash there. And the reason for that is it's, it becomes part of your toolbox to deal with these uncertain times um, that you want to have it available to be able to buy assets at a discount. Um, you know, if you can walk in with cash for something, you can generally make a quick transaction. You don't have to get uh, too delayed that much uh, in terms of. Uh, acquiring what you need to acquire. Uh, it's it's also just a stabilizing factor in your portfolio. Um, you might want to buy gold and silver with it. You might want to buy um, some cash flowing properties with it. So it's, it's smart to have on hand. He also talked about too, is that there are different ways to invest that are wise during these inflationary times that, that certain maybe luxury items won't be as much in demand um, because people are concerned about the value of the dollar and making wise decisions and so forth. So, um, it, and as far as investing, some of the things you might want to look at is uh, creating a diversified stream of income. So not just one thing, not just rentals, um, not just Airbnb, but getting a variety of different types of not only real estate, but other types of cash flowing opportunities. So yeah, rental properties are great. Um, also, you know, investing in businesses that will provide things like necessities, like food and clothing and, and things that everybody's going to need no matter what's going on in the economy, right? For example, during the Depression, you know, one of the, the most booming industries was the entertainment business because people were longing for that escape from, you know, the, the dire reality that was going on around them. So movies were just like huge at that time and, and other types of entertainment. You have to kind of think of how people are going to think. And I think biggest concern many will have is just putting food on the table or roof over the head. Those types of things are where you might want to focus. For example, you have cash on hand or you have funds available. You can you know, help somebody who's maybe their house is foreclosing and they just have to get out from under it. And maybe you can work out a deal with them and be able to get that house and, and you can set it up as a rental, for example, or maybe set them up on a lease purchase or, you know, so many different options there. You know, some luxuries will be uh, in demand because uh, people, there's certain people that are going to want their, their toys or their things that uh, 
that they'll miss as as you know inflation happens and there'll be limited supply of luxury items. Um, I think another area that's going to be important is in, investing in energy. I mean, we still rely on gasoline and oil, and and those are areas that are you know, going up and up and up in price, but uh, they're still going to be in demand as long as there are cars that run on gas. So, um, so there are things that uh, are areas that you can look at in the energy sector that also can be a, a wise way, um, uh, a wise investment. I, I think also too, it's the, the point is to diversify, is really look at different streams of income. So if not just you know, not just rental properties, but, you know, you might go into other types of real estate. And that's a part of what I wanted to look at today is we've had shows in the past where we've talked about investing in farmland and farm products. This is an, an area where I, I think, again, is a, a strong, you know, people are going to want fruits and vegetables. It's food. It's, it's, it's a staple that people are going to need. And, um, you know, the Federal Reserve defines inflation as an increase in the prices of goods and services over time. Inflation can also be thought of as a decrease in purchasing power of a specific currency. As prices of goods and services rise, it takes more money to buy the same quantity as before. So, you know, you're, you're going to see packages that are smaller, cereal boxes that are smaller, but they're the same price that they were when they were a larger box. And there's going to be a lot of things like that that are going to be happening in the marketplace. Um, inflation hasn't always been considered a bad thing, however. Uh, prior to World War II, politicians openly promoted creating inflation to benefit domestic manufacturers, producers, and industries tied to natural resources. It wasn't until after the Second World War and the rise of consumerism, that sentiment around inflation began to change. Now, although inflation is commonly seen in a negative light, it usually occurs as a byproduct of good intentions. During periods of economic downturn, unemployment tends to rise as consumers spend less, uh, businesses are less profitable, and workers are laid off. Now, the government has and will continue to intervene with monetary policies or fiscal policies, uh, expansionary monetary policies like lowering the central bank interest rate or fiscal policies. Now, now we're seeing an, an actual increase in interest rates at this point, uh, affecting real estate uh, to a fair degree for those of us that are investors. You know, the stimulus checks, you've seen that, uh, you know, uh, for quite a while now in the last, you know, five, 10 years um, as, a, as a standard. So the general theory is if more people and businesses have money to spend, fewer people will be unemployed. Well, you know, that has yet to prove itself because um, our unemployment rate is still up there. You know, the risk, however, is that these policies may generate inflation in several ways. First, demand pull inflation is created when consumer demand suddenly exceeds production. For example, with millions of Americans having received multiple stimulus checks, consumer demand severely outpaced the production of gaming consoles, believe that, believe it or not, causing supply shortages and secondary market pricing pressure. Second, uh, cost push inflation occurs when the cost to produce something rises. As the labor and material expenses to cultivate crops rises, for example, in the agricultural world, those price increases are felt 
when people go sh shopping for groceries, and I'm sure we've all felt it out there. I have. Every time I've gone to the grocery store, I see in nothing but increasing prices at this point. And a limited products, too, available for consumers. You know, let's take a look at you know, how inflation is measured. Because of its complexity, there are several ways of measuring inflation. And those methods uh, have even changed over time. Uh, the most widely used measurement is the CPI, otherwise known as the Consumer Price Index, produced by the Bureau of Labor Statistics, BLS. The BLS gathers pricing data through direct data a collection and surveys of American households. The household surveys also gather information on the quantities of what is being purchased so the CPI can be weighted towards more popular goods. For example, the price of food, um, which is 13.98% of the CPI index in late 2021, holds more weight in the index than, for example, airline tickets, okay, which were a point uh, five eight percent of the index. Another method of measuring inflation is the personal consumption expenditures (PCE) index. The Bureau of Economic Analysis (BEA) collects data on prices from the BLS consumers, corporations, and quarterly GDP statistics. Now, since the PCE measures the change in prices for all items, including those not paid out of pocket by consumers, this creates a different weighting system than the CPI. For example, PCE index weighs healthcare costs twice as heavily as the CPI, since households often do not pay the full cost of their healthcare. Though the Federal Reserve cites inflation using the PCE index, the CPI is often widely cited as it is generally more relevant to the general public. Uh, and I, I know that, you know, <laughs> politically, people are going to look for the lowest measure uh, of inflation that they, they have out there. And that's uh, happened year after year. But um the current state of inflation is really what you know we want to take a look at. In response to COVID-19, the federal government increased the U.S. money supply by $6 trillion by materially changing how much United States currency circulates. This economic stimulus has resulted in higher inflation. You print more money, you increase inflation. The CPI rose to 6.2% in October a rate of inflation that has not been higher in the past 30 years. And 0.9% rise in prices from September to October was also greater than government expectations. The PCE index has risen to 4.4% and the index has increased every month since the spring of 2020. With prices rising and purchasing power decreasing, people have taken notice. 88% of Americans are concerned about inflation, while 81% of investors state inflation is their top concern. More S&P 500 companies are mentioning inflation during their earnings calls than any time in the past decade. Now, I've, I've talked to a lot of people whose uh, 401ks and retirement funds took a major dive in the last couple of months, and uh, this is a serious concern. Although the Federal Reserve's normal target for inflation is 
one in three institutional investors believe inflation will not normalize below 3% by the end of 2022. There's also growing sentiment on whether the Federal Reserve's practice of holding interest rates low for so long is the best idea, as the number of wealthy investors that strongly disagree with the Federal Reserve's transitory approach to inflation more than doubled in just one month. Now, should this much attention be given to inflation and its impact on investing? It depends on your portfolio, as inflation has impacted various asset classes differently in the past. Public companies reliant on labor, raw materials, and or variable costs have traditionally faced rising expenses during inflationary periods. Fixed income bonds lose value as their coupon payments remain steady during periods of currency devaluation. Safer investments in cash or cash equivalents deteriorate in value through reduced purchasing power. Now, several various alternative assets have protected portfolios against rising prices in the past, but uh, farmland is emerging as a strong candidate worth considering to hedge against inflation. Now, farmland is, uh, you know, as we've talked about in previous shows, is something that is highly valuable. Um, we'll take a closer look at farmland um, and traditionally um, how it's performed you know, during periods of high inflation. Over the past several decades, farmland returns have moved in strong correlation with rising prices. Farmland has historically held a 70% correlation to the CPI and an almost 80% correlation with the Producer Price Index, BPI. Agricultural investments have also had a strong relationship to inflation indexes than traditional investments. In the past, commodities had a stronger correlation to inflation than U.S. equities, international equities, bonds, real estate, and gold. Real assets, which is where we're at if we're investing in real estate, right, provide several unique benefits during inflationary periods. First, investment returns for real assets have historically been higher during these times. Real assets outperform traditional assets from 2001 to 2020 during periods of higher inflation. Second, Real assets have a history of nominal price growth over time. Since 1987, the nominal value of farmland has decreased year over year only once. Ignoring the impact of rising prices due to monetary supply, real assets have a tendency of preserving value over the past several decades. And then there's the issue of asset scarcity. Now, I don't know how many people are aware of it, but the United States lost 11 million acres of arable farmland over the past two decades. And total international arable farmland is projected to decrease by 250 million acres by 2050. Now, there are people that are buying a lot of our farmland, and uh, I'm sure you as I've heard, Bill Gates, it seems to be one of his favorite investments right now. Um, also, uh, China is buying a lot of our farmland as well. As farmland continues to become more scarce, the asset class creates a natural inflation hedge that protects the value of the deflationary asset. 
Other fixed quality investments like precious metals or fixed supply cryptocurrencies claim the same argument. If the supply of an asset remains relatively stable or decreases, that asset may retain value simply because of its scarcity. Now let's look at it in terms of cash flow. Farmland is unique as it has both an underlying asset in addition to operating income. So you've got the land, right? And then you've got the sale of the products that grow on that land. Unlike long-term leases with fixed pricing and real estate, farmland operating income can fluctuate based on microeconomic conditions. This has made farmland a tremendous investment during prior inflationary periods. As the cost to cultivate crops changes, commodity prices can change in response. Offering through um, farm uh, investment portals, and there are a number of them out there, where you can actually buy farmland online, uh, just like you would uh, you know, a crowdfunding investment in a real estate property. These offerings distribute their cash flow um, usually on a monthly, quarterly, or annual basis uh, based on harvest sales schedules. Um, one particular uh, portal, Farm Together, uh, after a modest 3.4% operating rate of return in 2020, commodity prices surged during most of 2021, partially in response to the underlying cost of producing those commodities. Uh, farmland together continues to provide strong opportunities between 1992 and 2020. Farmland generated an average annual return of 11%. Now, farmland's value uh, can appreciate while uh, simultaneously generating operating cash flow. Agriculture is vital for survival, and food will always be in demand. So with the, you know, a good healthy cash flow of 11%, plus as the, as land, farmland becomes more scarce, the rising value of the land, you know, it's, it becomes like, you know, buying any kind of real estate, right? You've got the, you know, the, the income that you generate from rentals, for example, but you've also got the building going up in value and the, you know, the actual property going up in value. So it's also become very easy with these online portals to invest in farmland. Um, in addition to the benefits, it's a good hedge against inflation. So in our show notes today, I am going to list some of them out there. I'm not recommending any particular um, uh, you know, portal. I'm just saying that this is a great resource to take a look at. You always do your due diligence and check on track records and so forth and, and have a, a good idea of, um, you know, what you're investing in and what the risks are as with any kind of investment. But I will be putting in today's um, show notes a, a list of a number of these portals that are available. Um, one uh, uh, company that we had, uh, uh, I think it was Farmfolio, that uh, we had a, a guest on. You could do a search on our website to find out what they do. But a, a lot of these will invest in, you know, and products that are in great demand. And I know that uh, uh, Farmfolio, you know, they, they buy a lot of fruits and vegetables and they have distribution set up with places like Costco and Trader Joe's and, and you know, major suppliers in the U.S. And so it's a, it's a great way to support, you know, U.S. enterprise, uh, U.S. 
farming. At the same time, it's a, it's a great way to invest your and your your valued nest egg dollars in something that uh, will do better against inflation than other types of assets out there. Well, that is the show for today. Uh, Please note, everything I talked about today will be outlined in detail in our show notes at olddogsreinetwork.com forward slash blog. And you're going to look for the episode entitled Farmland as a Hedge Against Inflation. Well, that's it for today. Remember, cash flow is king and real estate investing the means. Until next time, keep moving forward and may God bless. Thank you very much for visiting the Old Dogs REI Network. We would greatly appreciate if you would stop by iTunes and let us know what you think of the show. We would love if you could subscribe to the podcast, give us a five-star rating, and write a review. The more ratings and reviews we receive, the more visible the podcast will be to others. Thank you.